My name's Lauren. Um, I'm a recovering bulimic and overeater. Uh, how did I find my way here? I want to start off by saying a couple of blanket things. Um, first of all, my apologies. Um, I may ramble. I may curse. I may spit. Not that that makes me any more nervous, okay? <laughs> By the way, I want you to know it took everything in my being. I've already cried, sweated, changed clothes. I drove here at 50 miles an hour. I had a little guy, old guy, in a white uh, uh, Subaru fly past me. I was driving 50, 50. I don't do 50 in 40 zones, okay? So. It's all good, and if I start to weep and go off, it's just blanket apology. Um, I also want to say that um, if you hear something you've said in these rooms, it's because you spoke the truth and I heard it, and I want to say thank you. It is because of the people in these rooms, you beautiful, lovely, fantastic human beings, that I have a freer and better life, period. It is that simple. Um, so thank you. Um, so I found my way into these rooms, and I want to start off by saying that um, there are a few truths that I've come up with um, that work for me, uh, that help me define getting here. And one of them is, a. Time is the only thing you can't make more of or buy. So the time we have together is it. And you can ask that of anyone who has a lot of money. It's something they cannot manufacture more of. Values. Um, I didn't realize that um, we covet the things that we value. Like th that wasn't a concept to me. And with going through this process of the 12 steps, realizing and clarifying what I value, um, was able to right my ship in a way. Um, the things I, I, I covet are love, friendship, um, my family, honesty, um, freedom, and, and these are the things that I want to spend time getting more of. And what takes me to the place I was, how I found my way into these rooms is that really I chased after what size I was, how much money I had, the things I was able to obtain, looking at what other people had that I didn't, the superficial of the exterior. Um, these are things that I put my energy in, i.e. it's what I coveted. But I didn't realize that until I got through these steps and really was able to package what it is that I want out of my time here that I don't get to make more of. Um, 
Another truth is there is zero hope from my past getting any better. The past is the past, so here we are. Uh, better is only forward. I can't rethink it. I can't pretend it. The story I tell myself, the little rat wheel going around, it doesn't get any better. I can't remake it. It's happened. It's gone. It's smoke. It's now time to apply that experience into a better future, into the freedom that I'm looking for from the addiction that I found myself in. So, so let's talk about the 12 steps because I will ramble. Um, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. I believe I was born with this eating disorder. Um, I understand the disease mode, uh, model. Um, I remember overeating for the first time. I was in my father's arms. I was probably about three. I had the great big oatmeal thing and I was doing this and my dad is holding me and we are walking and the sun is coming down. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is what it's all about. I'm three, I kid you not. And, and from there forward, it was off. I remember the first time I stole, I stole candy. Uh, I stole food. I was caught, of course. Um, my mother caught me, took, drug me back. You know, say you're sorry, sorry, and the lady's like, oh, it's okay, honey. My mom's like, no, it's bad, it's wrong, it's bad. <laughs> I was like yeah, four, maybe five, you know. Food, 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 it's all about food. Food was love. I think that when I dropped onto the planet, I realized I needed to breathe air, drink something, get love, you know, being taken care of, and food. And so it's all about food. And that is an awesome instinct because we survive, right? It's what we need. But somehow it got twisted into this overabundance need, and there you go. I believe that it is not a broken thing, that I am not broken, that it is just an errant concept which went awry, and that we are all capable of having a normal, healthy relationship with food. It's just food. It's literally gas for my car. I don't... And, and, and those of you who do, congratulations, but it's not something I can do. Weigh and measure and, and you know, this or that or, you know, the time. I, I've done that. I've tried to do that. I've been on every single diet. I have dieted in my head with diet pills or without ever since I was six, seven, eight, easy. I have had surgeries. I have been I, tens of thousands of dollars 
trying to pull my shit together. If I just get down to that mythical size, my life will be fabulous and I will have the best vacations and the best love life and fuck everything will be, my jobs will rule and life will be good and everyone will love me more. That day never comes. And even when it does come, because I will say that yes, on that rat wheel, I have been a one and I have been a 14. Both are fucking crazy. Both. It doesn't matter how much I hate myself. Well, I hated myself down here too. Why? Because I was fucking starving. Okay? I was vomiting my guts out. I was like laying on the ground, passed out. I was not participating in life. You cannot find a picture of me from 20 to 35 because I didn't exist in my own life. I can easily say I have been in a stupor with my drug of choice and that is food first and pour me, pour me, pour me another drink kind of mentality and gave up the middle portion of my life, period. I also can say that when we think that we're just affecting ourselves, we are not because the reason I ended up in this room a second time was because my man said, you are meaner than a fucking snake. Do something with yourself. <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> On the back end of that was, is, if you don't, I will leave. So in a way, it was an intervention. And he saved me and us. Now, go figure, I was a size one at the time, right? <laughs> but I'm mean because it all sucks and it's all about me, okay? So, back to the steps. Two. Come to believe a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Now, this is again my apologies because I wish that I was visited and struck dumb by the big G kind of guy in the sky thing. I am not, unfortunately. And I try. It would just be easier, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm science. I'm gravity. Oh, gravity. Look, I trip, I fall on my ass. Gravity is bigger than me. Boom, there was the beginning, right? Okay, that's easy. I don't have to, you know, because I kept thinking of something physical, something that actually, you know, and took over. So our programs are a process, and we evolve, and we evolve, and we evolve. And by the way, those of you who sponsor, you're about to sponsor, do it. Get a couple. Get three. Get four. Sponsees keep you honest, make it green, and they, they, they shine the light on stuff you forgot, you learned, and they bring up new things, and you go, of course. And a sponsee said to me, she said, it's really hard for me to describe what I think of God. You know, God, God, religion, uh, how's that whole thing fit together? She says, but you know what? I know it when I feel it. And I went, holy crap.
And then I remembered the first time I thought to myself, I know it when I feel it. I was eight, nine, I was living in Upland, my dad's playing basketball, he's out with the older kids and they're all playing basketball and having fun. I lived right next to a hill that went up 100 feet and it was covered in purple ivy and it was all blooming and beautiful and it was just beautiful, spectacular weather. Skies were blue, the birds were chirping, everyone was having a good time, I was safe. And I thought to myself, I'm not kidding, I thought to myself, I have to remember this minute because right now it's amazing. And if I die tomorrow, I had this minute. And that's when that brilliant sponsee, bam, I realized that's what they're talking about. They're talking about something that may not be so describable, but right here, you feel it, you know it, bam. So I'm good with that now. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand. Well, I've always, and I didn't put it in this context, thought that I am here for my family. I'm a non-breeder, just putting that out there. My pod, is my family, so, you know, my friends, my you, you, my sisters, my parents, my, you know, this is my pod, you all are my pod. I am here to help you. That makes me feel better, period. So that's easy. I mean, the, that, this, is, this is my higher purpose, this is, this is it, this is HP for me. That's why I'm standing here in front of you right now because God knows I'm still about to fall over, but this is why I'm here. And it's not like I don't like talking about myself, that's good, but one-on-one, -on -one, you know? <laughs> Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. That was fugly. Because <laughs> the reality is that I am a selfish, self-centered individual. And only now try to understand how that truly affects others. Let me tell you about my sister's wedding. Only one of the three girls to get married. So here we are, you know. And somehow or another, I can suck the energy out of a room. I don't have, I'm a sewer, the clothes that I was going to wear finished. So I literally go and get a sewing machine. Okay, I'm in Vegas, I don't live in Vegas. Go and buy a sewing machine and continue putting together my clothing. Meanwhile, they're all getting her ready or trying to, or maybe they're not because they're all running around trying to help me get ready. And it's all about me. It's the Lauren show. <laughs> My sister, they, they leave. And all of a sudden, I realize I am by myself in the hotel. By myself in the hotel. Realize, crap, they're probably there. I get locked out of the church, the thingy. And I'm knocking on the door trying to get in. I get in, and I literally walk in front of her. 
the one in the all white getting married, right? So that I can get in the seat. I sit down, I am dressed, thankfully. But what have I just done? I made it the me show. By the way, what I didn't get to be part of is the excitement for my sister, being a part of her getting dressed, putting on makeup, being the moment that she got to share with her man, her husband, because it's about me and I'm still in my disease. And the reason why I didn't have clothes is because I wanted to look perfect, because I wanted to be perfect. I wanted it to be about me. Of course, I've amended all of that. And of course, she was like, I didn't even realize. But that's not the point. The point is, here I've said, that we go after what we covet. And I know that what we covet, I know what I covet is the family, the love of my experience of my family, the kindness. And here it made it about me because I'm still in my disease. So. I'm going to move on to... Well, uh, five, six, and seven kind of did these all together with my sponsor, which by the way, definitely those of you who don't have one, run, find one, grab one, kidnap one. <laughs> they will assist you through this crazy experience. Um, five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready for God to remove all of these defects of character. Humbly asked him, seven, to remove our shortcomings. So my sponsor, who I'm, I'm just crazy about, but still think she's kind of whacked out because I'm still kind of pretending my way through all this, right? My sponsor says, we'll go, we'll sit down, we'll talk about these things. We sat under a tree, happy, happy. She's like, let's just go through them and we'll, you know, because again, I'm not the big G guy in the sky person. I said, like, oh, okay, okay, you know, here's this crazy woman who's willing to spend the afternoon with me to somehow further me feeling less insane about myself, blah, blah, blah. I'll do it, I'll do it going through it, going through it, and little by little, I realized at the end, I went from this completely cynical slash let's placate this nice woman who's wasting her time to the reality of, wow, this nice woman is spending her time with me, and wow, I actually have a lot of shit on my plate that I need to be accountable for. And wow, I can put out there that I really, really would like to evolve into the better me. Not that I'm broken, but I can be better. And it literally was like the sun got brighter. Made an amends, made a direct amends to such people. Nine, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them and others. Thank you. 
continue to take 10 personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it <clears throat> 11 sought through prayer and meditation to approve our conscious contact of God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us to carry uh, for us and the power to carry that out um, So, of course, this is a process. And of course, we learn every day, right? Here we are learning every day, every day, every day. I go through my amends, I make them, okay, okay. Living amends, oh, okay, okay. One day I find myself in Home Depot. By the way, I'm remodeling. I've been remodeling forever. I'm remodeling. I have like drywall in my hair. I no longer try to get the paint out of my food. It's just a part of reality. It's all good. I'm in Home Depot again for the third time. And I'm just, you know, I'm on a schedule and I gotta get this thing up for sale. And this girl in front of me, who can't be all of 17, is checking out and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, and this isn't scanning. And she's talking to me and wah, wah, wah. When really, I just want to get out. She's in my way. And of course, I look up and I sting her with, can we make this happen or do I need to get someone else to assist you? Do I owe an instant amends? <laughs> it fell out of my pie hole and I instantly went, Wah! who is this bitch? Because it cannot be me. I'm looking for that kinder, gentler soul. I want to be loving to my fellow man, but I kid you not, I have just eviscerated this 17-year-old in front of me to the point where her mouth is open and she's staring at me like, what do I do next? <sighs> okay. I looked at her and I said, I'm having a bad day. I'm really sorry it's not you. I'm sure it's the computer. Maybe you just try it again and we can do this. Bink, it worked. Okay, I probably could have done a better job, but it was quick. There were people all staring at us. I know I made her smile when I said, and she gave me this, and I looked at her, I said, you did it, we did it, we're out of here. And that was it, okay? My point is, is that we can learn to be better and have a better process so that we don't keep putting garbage on our lawns, which by the way, is the re one of the reasons, like I don't need any, but one of the thousands of reasons why I would use food. So, step 12, well, I'm here doing it, okay? Uh, I don't wanna be, but I'm here doing it. I am sharing my experience and trying to be honest. No, I'm being honest. I tried to check my ego at the door because the truth is that I want you to love me. I want everyone to think I'm good. I want to be thought of as smart. There's the truth. I have massive anxiety about looking dumb, being inadequate, not being the right size, not having enough money, 
these are my truths. And all of those things strangle me. All of those things do not serve me. When I talk about OA as my disease, it's I use the food so that I don't have to feel, I don't have to be part of, that I don't have to risk, that it can be my excuse, it's my friend, it's always there. All those things are lies. Those are all lies I tell myself, even today. Oh, uh, what is it when we refrain from eating certain things or we have our, thank you, abstinence. I'm, I'm having issues, I'm, I swear. I'm working on half a, half a week, okay. Um, uh, abstinence. My abstinence is only that I either refrain from abstinence, from having a hard line, or that I practice bulimia. I do not have an abstinence when it comes to food because food is just fuel. And when I elevate it into being something more than that, something evil, something I have to measure, I weigh, I say good or bad, I ate clean today, I ate bad today. Well, all of those things are just the other side of the coin to me in when I talk about being the wrong size, being too big, being too small. And those are still things that I am a little strangled by. I was at the dentist not two months ago, shooting me full of stuff, shooting me full of stuff, working, 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 little, you know, little, and she's, and she says to me, so mean, I mean, like literally, I'm like pulled apart, right? She's, she's rebuilding me, I'm pulled apart, all my uppers, and she says to me, I, you know, and I'm getting sensitive, and she says, Oh, I can't give you any more. I can't give you any more. You're, you're so petite. I've already given you too much. I loved that woman. <laughs> it is the first time anyone has ever said to me, I am too petite. I loved that woman instantly, even with all the damage she was doing to me, okay? That still is in me. The good, the bad, the good food, the bad food. Oh, you know, oh, no, no, it's the same. Food is not my problem. My problem is back to the, I'm self-centered, I'm insecure, I need love. And only now, by the way, I have had an eating disorder for, I guarantee it, 48 of my 50 years. Only now am I able to say, that what it is I actually need is love. What it is I actually need is sleep, food. I need air. I need water. I need the people around me. And if that means that I feel a little naked and weak or now that you have something against me, that doesn't matter. All that matters is that I keep those things in front of me and I remember that I'm here to be of service and to help. 
and to be a part of because you people in these rooms literally have saved my life. Thank you.